Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Babies in their first year of life can get a number of lurgies, especially if they go to daycare. In Australia, two-thirds of babies have already received antibiotics by the time they are 12 months old. And this trend is on the rise. But is it really safe for our little ones? Dr. Penelope Bryant is a consultant in paediatric infectious diseases and medical lead at the Royal Children's Hospital. Hi, Penelope. How are you? Hello. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Why would you give antibiotics to a child under one? So I think uh, it's really important to say up front that antibiotics are a really important uh, medicine and can be life-saving. And so there are a number of um, infections caused by bacteria in young children uh, under the age of one for which antibiotics uh, are absolutely necessary. So those are some things that we think as slightly more minor, such as skin infections or urinary infections, and then some very serious infections such as pneumonia and bloodstream infections and meningitis. And in those situations, antibiotics are absolutely life-saving. Uh, and one of the reasons that the, uh, the um, rate of um, uh, survival in infants uh, has really dramatically improved over the last 50 years. Having said that, we seem to be using more and more antibiotics in Australia. Is that having an impact on babies and young children as well? Yeah, so, so we think that it is. Um, there is, as you say, uh, an increase in use of antibiotics, and it's because parents are becoming more um, health-aware and health-savvy and are concerned about their babies um, and therefore taking them to the doctor and uh, receiving prescriptions for antibiotics. Um, but we know that um, there's a lot of antibiotic use that is unnecessary, uh, and particularly that kind of antibiotic use uh, is something that um, we're thinking is uh, actually causing more harm than good. So there are a number of... Um, different problems with uh, antibiotics, a number of different side effects that they can cause. Um, some of these are very quick and obvious and usually not that dramatic. So things like a bit of diarrhea and vomiting, sometimes they can cause a rash. But occasionally they're very serious, so you can have a very severe allergic reaction um, to antibiotics. And those are rare, um, but it's always something to keep in mind. The thing that is really more worrying um, is using lots and lots of antibiotics uh, increases your chance um, of developing a resistant bacteria. So what that means is a bacteria that causes an infection that's then very hard to treat or sometimes impossible to treat. Um, and so that's been recognized for the past you know, couple of decades uh, and there's been a lot of work trying to make sure people are aware of that, um, that risk. Is part of the problem that people see antibiotics as a cure-all, so they might have a cold or a sore throat and they don't know whether it's viral or bacterial, but they just think antibiotics will fix this. So whether it's themselves or their children, they think they go to a doctor and they say, can't you just give me antibiotics? Is that part of the problem? Yes, I think I think the part of the problem is we all have a lower tolerance for having any kind of um, um, medical symptoms, both in ourselves or particularly in our children, and we're much more protective of our children usually than we are of ourselves. But I think it's because people recognise the risks. People understand nowadays what <clears throat> severe pneumonia and meningitis and bloodstream infections are, and they want to make sure um, that their child isn't going to get those. Having said that, 
um, when you talk to GPs, a lot of GPs say, oh, the parents are just coming expecting a prescription. And actually, research has shown that's not true. Um, parents, as I said, are increasingly health aware. Um, they uh, look things up on the uh, internet. Uh, Dr. Google is something that we're all very familiar with. And um, parents are trying to find out more about their own health and their baby's health. Um, and the, um, the question that parents are often coming with is, does my child need an antibiotic rather than thinking that they, their child definitely needs an antibiotic. And I think there's a mismatch between what GPs are thinking parents want uh, and what parents are actually wanting. Can I throw a myth at you, a potential myth, but something that I know that my peers um, seem to think, and that is if you take a child to a medical centre, nine times out of ten they'll prescribe you antibiotics, whereas if you have a GP that you have a connection with and you have a family history with and who you know and trust, they're much less likely to just give you a script and tell you to go on your way. That's a really good, really good question. I actually don't know the truth of that myth. Um, what I do know is that um, most GPs um, are very well aware of the risks, um, and there's some uh, newer risks now being realised, which I can talk about in a second. But um, the the um, concern is that people are. Um, if they don't receive a prescription for antibiotics, the concern from the doctor's side is that they're going to have a complaint made about them or be sued. And that's becoming an increasing concern, even though often doesn't happen and in fact usually doesn't happen. Um, but I think that it's much quicker for um, a doctor, particularly a doctor who doesn't know you very well, um, and many GPs and medical centres are incredibly busy, it's much quicker to write a quick script and say, here you go, um, and, uh, and send people on their way. It actually takes longer to have an informed discussion where the parent asks the doctor, what actually uh, do you think is going on? Do you think this is a bacteria, which is what uh, antibiotics treat, or is this actually more likely to be a virus? And it's very hard to tell the difference between those two as a parent, and parents certainly should not feel that they're being asked to do that um, but the, um, uh, the doctors are very good at differentiating between most bacteria and most viruses and so things that make viruses more likely are things like a runny nose um, uh, and it's easier then to say that this is actually um, this is actually not a bacterial infection this is a viral infection and doesn't need antibiotics um, and so um, but those discussions do need to be had and they do sometimes take longer. Uh, and I think that everyone, everyone's a little bit aware of that. But I think it's important to spend the extra few minutes having that discussion rather than just giving a prescription. And is the, I thought the only real way to test whether it was viral or bacterial was with a swab. But you, you're saying there are signs that doctors will know that they can make that decision without having to send something away? Yeah, the, the vast majority of infections in babies under the age of one, you can tell just on the history from the parents um, and examining the baby. Now, not always, and you do sometimes need to do a swab. You do sometimes need to do a blood test. But GPs and emergency department doctors are very good at knowing when do I need to do a swab, when do I need to do a blood test. Um, but I think their concern is that it's just quicker uh, to give a prescription. I guess for parents, would the answer to that then be just make sure you have a GP that you're familiar with, someone that you go to see often as opposed to just popping in to see someone randomly at a medical centre? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always a good thing to have a GP who knows you. Um, and increasingly, there are 
centres with GPs in and you cannot get in to see the GP that you know on the day that your child is sick. And I think that's sort of well recognised. So I think for longer term things and chronic things and for general health, it's good to have a GP that knows you. But if your child is unwell and has a fever uh, and you need to get them checked out, they need to see whoever is available on the day. But I think what is important in that situation is for parents to feel empowered and feel able to say, does my child actually need antibiotics today? It's actually very hard as a parent to speak up in that way um, to a doctor. But I think if parents know that doctors, such as myself, are very happy to have parents ask those questions, actually I'm delighted when a parent asks me that question, um, then I think it makes parents feel more confident to say, well, actually, I can ask that question. We all would like to think that preventative uh, action is better than treating an illness once it actually happens. Is there any way of putting in some preventative actions when it comes to babies under one? I mean, my kids are five and seven now, and I don't think I can even prevent them from getting (laughs) ill. Uh, Is there anything we can do with babies to try and um, protect them from these sorts of illnesses before they get sick? So that's a good question. My, my children are seven, nine, and eleven. I don't think I've ever prevented anything in their entire <laughs> life. Um, but I suppose so there, there, there are two things to say. I suppose the first is to say that the the best way to prevent infection is immunisation, and this particularly prevents against bacterial infections. Um, and so infections that used to cause children to have um, uh, meningitis, so um, the immunisations against meningococcus and the pneumococcal vaccine and the Haemophilus vaccine, all protect against meningitis. Um, and the immunisation is particularly designed to um, protect against very severe bacterial infections. And so actually, what if your um, child is immunised, it pushes your child even more likely to be having a viral infection than a bacterial infection because most bacterial infections are prevented with, um, with immunisation. Um, so having said that, not all bacterial infections um, have immunisations against them. And so the, um, that doesn't, even if your child is immunised, if they're unwell, you should still take them to see, um, see a doctor. Sometimes um, I have parents uh, asking me about um, giving probiotics to their children. And so that, um, that uh, um, speaks to um, a thing that people are increasingly recognising, which is what I was going to talk about, which I'll just um, mention now, if, if you like, which is this new concept that um, has really only been around for the past number of years, that actually something about taking antibiotics affects something about your whole general health. So, so what, what this is is that there is um, increasing interest in the bacteria that live in the whole of your body. And so we all have bacteria all over our body. And the idea behind these bacteria is to prevent nastier bacteria um, uh, coming and colonizing your body, but also the bacteria in your gut uh, help digest your food and things like that. What's really being understood now is that this whole um, group of bacteria that live on your body, which is millions and millions and millions of bacteria, collectively called the microbiome, can be disrupted by antibiotics. And so if you then look at what happens to those children who have disrupted, disrupted microbiomes because of, their anti, because of receiving antibiotics, and some of those children go on to develop problems later in their childhood. So by the time they're in primary school, so there's a higher rate of obesity uh, in children who've had antibiotics, there's a higher rate of asthma in children who've had antibiotics, higher rates of some um, inflammatory bowel diseases, um, and higher rates of some types of juvenile arthritis. 
Now, the problem is we don't really know if it's the antibiotics that cause that or whether it just happens that those children were already um, going to develop those things and they also happen to have antibiotics, either because they were getting infections and the infections are the things that cause these problems down the track or because they were already having symptoms of, for example, asthma. Somebody thought that it was an infection, gave antibiotics, and then they were later on diagnosed as having asthma. So it's quite muddy at the moment what the real relationship is between antibiotics and the microbiome and later chronic ill health. But there's a lot of concern and a lot of research going on about it at the moment. And so, again, it's something to put into the mix of deciding is the benefit of antibiotics today worth potential risks down the track. And you mentioned probiotics there. Is there any evidence to suggest that um, even if your child hasn't had antibiotics, that probiotics help to make them more robust in their health? Yeah, so there's no evidence that um, that probiotics make children more robust. They mostly don't do any harm. Occasionally they do, but mostly they don't do any harm. Um, the the What people are now trying to research is if you have had antibiotics, does giving probiotics reset your microbiome? So the idea behind the, the that is that your microbiome, particularly in the first few weeks and months of your life, so when you're a very young baby, is thought to educate the rest of your body. So, for example, to educate its immune system and to educate its um, uh, metabolic system, which is how you um, manage your sugars and your fats um, in your diet, those sorts of things. Um, And if it gets disrupted in that early period, whether the education goes awry. um, uh, And so the idea is, well, if you can give probiotics um, at a young age after you've had antibiotics, would that then reset the education? And we just don't know the answer to that. So I think it's a really important area of research. And I think in you know, five years' time, we'll hopefully know the answer to that. It's not very helpful for today's podcast. <laughs> um, but I think it's, it's uh, important for, um, for parents to be able to, again, talk to their GPs. Now, the GPs may not know the answer to all of the questions, but they'll be familiar with the questions and familiar with the types of um, things that I'm saying. And if they're not, then I think it's also important for them to also feel that they can, they can contact specialists as well. But the... the there are increasing reasons not to use um, antibiotics as viral infections become more prominent um, in our um, young baby cohort than bacterial infections, particularly in those who are immunized. And as we're increasingly recognizing potential um, effects down the track, it's always very hard to weigh up the risk between my child becoming severely unwell today and my child potentially having a risk that we don't really know everything about in five years' time. It's, very, it's a very difficult balance. And I think parents are not expected to answer those questions but I think in this increasingly sort of health um, conscious world um, of, uh, that parents really are um, that then knowing really what some of the pros and cons are is really important. Penelope, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're very welcome. That was Dr Penelope Bryant. She's a consultant in paediatric infectious diseases and the medical lead at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute. And for more on how the Institute's work can help you and your family, see links in the notes to this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.